Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Simon. I'm one of the ministers here, and I'm delighted to be sharing with you this morning. And for the first few weeks of uh, this year, we're going to be resetting and uh, looking at reintroducing, reintegrating, uh, refinding, and um, t- lashing ourselves to, as it were, those foundational things that can hold us, and guide us, and carry us, and bless us through the year. And today we're thinking <clears throat> about God's word. Sorry if I sound a bit hoarse. Let's pray. So Lord, we ask that you'd send your spirit upon us. We thank you for your presence here, Lord. We sense it in the dedication. Sense it in the worship. And we want to hear from you now, Lord, as we consider your word. Send your spirit, Lord. Amen. Well, I was moved when uh, one of the parents dedicating their child today contacted me this week and asked me what study Bible they should buy to give to their child. I mean, their child is just a baby, an infant, and won't be able to read for three or four years Uh, And yet they wanted to buy a study Bible and dedicate it on this day to them as a kind of prophetic gesture, as a symbol that they want God's Word to be foundational to the life of their child and for their child to grow up knowing and loving and serving God as was prayed in the dedication prayer. And knowing and loving and serving God happens as we study, immerse ourselves in, and apply God's word to us. Now, Uche read from Psalm 119, and uh, many of you will know that Psalm 119 is the longest psalm in the Psalter. It's actually the longest chapter in the Bible, and it's the most beautifully crafted poem. All the gifts of language and grammar have gone in, and theology have gone into putting this together. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and there are 22 stanzas in Psalm 119. And each one of those stanzas has eight lines, eight propositions, if you like. And each of those, the first letter of the first word is that successive letter in the Hebrew alphabet. It's this most beautiful peon of praise celebrating God's word and the God who gives us his word to bless us and to bring us closer to him. And verse 16 at the end of our reading today says, I delight in your decrees and I will not neglect your word. And we at St. Aldous want this to be a year when you delight in God's ways and will not neglect his word. Now, here I'm a vicar. We often do WI, show and tells. And here we got a bit of show and tell today. And uh, I own many Bibles. I probably own five times as many as you see here. And uh, Bibles, of course, are a priest's tool of trade, a bit like a dentist's drill or a a Michelin star chef's larder and herb garden. It's what we work with, but it should also be a daily companion 
and an accompaniment for us all. And I just want to share with you a few. Here's one of my oldest Bibles. I think it is my oldest Bible. And this is a Geneva Bible. And I love it. It's been rebound. I've had this for a number of years. And this Bible um, was first printed in 1560. Mine comes from 1615. It's uh, 407 years old. And it's an absolutely amazing book. This is the Bible that Shakespeare read. I mean, not this one. I mean, if it was this one, that'd be fantastic, but probably not this one. And Oliver Cromwell and John Donne and John Knox. This is the Bible that uh, influenced the literature and culture and poetry and laws of our land. I particularly like this. Sometimes it's called the British Bible because it says in Genesis 3 that Adam and Eve, out of fig leaves, made breeches for themselves. Instead of kit or clothes, they made breeches or breeches. And three times in the Psalms, it talks about unicorns. <laughs> it's a mistranslation of wild oxen, but I'll go with unicorn <laughs> every time. And then what about this one? This is a fantastic Bible. I love this. And uh, this is from the 1890s. And uh, in here, someone has written their testimony. And they've recorded a date where they had an encounter with God. And in it, it says this, I will run the way of thy commandments. He's quoting the psalm that we've just read. When you have set my heart at liberty... And then he adds, at last I know the truth. Free, free. At last I know the truth. Free, free, September the 11th, 1892. And then there's a signature here. This isn't the same person. This says J.W. Wenham. Some of you may have heard of J.W. Wenham, John Wenham. And he was a famous theologian in the 20th century, studied here in Oxford. He had two famous sons, uh, and they became, Gordon and David, they became famous theologians. And he wrote a famous book on the Greek of the New Testament that all vicars have used to, to train, to understand God's word for the last 50 years. And this was obviously his Bible at some point. And he either lost it or the family flogged it when he passed away. And I bought it in Oxfam for 50p. <laughs> and all the way through it, it is underlined and written in. And there are notes. The person has engaged with this book, John, and met with God. It's interesting, in this book, there are names all over it for the successive owners. They left their mark on the book, and the book left its mark on them. But what about these? We've got more here. I always buy a Bible. If I go in Oxfam or one of these bookshops, if there's a new unused Bible, I buy it. All of these have never been read. Never been read. Presented to Terry on the occasion of his wedding. I wonder how he's doing. I wonder how his marriage is. Given a Bible. Never read it. Got rid of it. I bought it for nothing in a bookshop. What about this one? Never been read. Absolutely new. Presented to Jacob. And there's the date. Never opened. Never read. Never engaged with. All this truth and all this treasure. 
Never known. I wonder how he's doing. What about this one? To Judith at a confirmation. Never read. Never opened. Never engaged with. All that truth. All that treasure. All that pleasure. All that opportunity to know and love and serve God. Unknown. I wonder how she's doing. What about this one? Look at that. What a beauty. Someone paid a bit of money for this. The school, in fact. This is from a nice posh school and given to Benjamin when he left school a decade ago. I wonder how he's doing. All that truth, all that treasure, discarded. What about this one? To Roy and his wife on their wedding day, 20-odd years ago. Never read, never opened. The gold block wall's still intact. I wonder how they're doing. All that truth, all that treasure, all that opportunity, a TARDIS to an encounter with God. Never known. And contrast that with that one. How about that for a Bible? This was my dad's Bible. I grew up with him in this Bible. I remember when he got it in the 70s. And for the next 25, 30 years, he read it four times a year. Every year. Sometimes I'd be coming home late from a party. He'd be up early in the morning reading the book. And every page is written on. Every page, in between every page, there's another page of blank paper that is all full of notes and quotes and anecdotes and encounter with God. My dad read his Bible. But here's the, here's the thing. My dad's the best man I ever met. The kindest, most generous, the godliest, the most wonderful man. Why? Because of a lifetime spent in this book. And after he glued it together so many times and it was falling apart, he went and got another one and he's done exactly the same. You know, it's said a Bible falling apart is usually owned by someone who isn't. What does your Bible look like? I want to make just two points this morning. And the first is this, that the psalmist says, I will not neglect your word. But sadly, God's word is often neglected by God's people. I don't expect people who aren't interested in God to read his book, but you would expect God's people to. The Bible is the most printed, the most read, the most studied, the most distributed, the most sold book of all time. It's the most influential book that has shaped Western society and culture and literature and history and so on. And yet, sadly, today the Bible is no longer the most read, certainly in the West, and it's no longer the bestseller. Do you know what the bestseller is? It's the Da Vinci Code here in UK, followed by J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter. The most printed book in the West is actually, before COVID, was actually the IKEA catalogue. A <laughs> hundred million a year printed and all given away free. You can get it for free, but everything in it costs you. Whereas this book might cost you not very much, but everything in it is free. 
And gosh, what wonderful things are in it. What's in the IKEA catalog changes every year with fashion and fad. This never changes. And here God wants to meet us. You know, Jesus several times said to his disciples, have you not read in the scriptures? Have you not read in the scriptures? And the answer is, for us today, when we hear that often we haven't read in the scriptures. And we want to encourage you, dear ones, this year, let it be a year when you say, yeah, I have read in the scriptures. And I have met the God behind the words. For many Christians, the Bible remains unopened and unread and unknown. And how sad is that? That's like a lifetime of Christmas presents and birthday presents and gifts never opened, never known, never appreciated, never enjoyed. In 2019, there was a survey that found that 51% of Christian millennials, those who are 18 to 35, in the UK read the Bible, look at their Bible on their own less than a couple of times a year, sometimes not at all. Over half the people who are Christian in that age group never look at the Bible. 13% of them said they may do it a couple of times a week. I wonder how many hours they spend on their screens or on their laptops. Christians today know their way around the app store better than they do the Bible. In the Western movie, Open Range, shortly before this uh, climactic kind of gunfight at the end, the cowboy Robert Duval goes into a hardware shop. And he says, morning, and he says, I'm thinking of having some candy. And I want something special. What's the most expensive that you've got? And the shopkeeper turns behind him and comes back with a bar of chocolate. He says, this is dark chocolate and comes all the way from Switzerland in Europe. And Duval says, have you tried it? And the guy looks all confused. He went, no, I haven't tried it. And Duval breaks a bit off and hands it to him. And he says, sitting right in front of you. And you never tried it. Sitting right in front of you, you never tried it. He says, it's a shame to go forever without taking a taste of something. The prophet Jeremiah says, your word was found and I ate it. And it brought joy and delight to my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. My father's had a tough life. He had to bring me up and my siblings, but what a beautiful man. And every day spent with God, Meeting with him, a TARDIS opened up to eternity and glory and heaven where God met him to carry him through. So many of us have got so many things that God wants to give us, that God has given to us, and that we've never opened, never received, never heard, and never tasted. A while ago, I was doing a conference for worship pastors, worship leaders, and songwriters. And after a time of worship, I, I arrived late. They, was, they were singing enough, and as soon as they finished, I got up to speak. And I said, if you, let's open our Bible. I said, let's open it at wherever it was. I was speaking on John 20 then. And they all just sat there with their arms folded. They, 
they didn't have a Bible to open. They thought, come on, fatso, give us your best shot. And I thought, well, anyway, I, I said, look, I'm going to talk. And after I finish talking, I want you to go back to your rooms. We'll have a coffee break. Come back with your Bibles, because I want to teach you from the Bible. I don't just want to talk at you. Anyway, we had a coffee break. And when we came back, no one had a Bible. And I realized that these were church leaders who didn't have their Bibles with them. Maybe one or two of them were looking at it on a, on a phone. I, I don't recommend using the phone as the main means of reading the Bible because it's just so easy to swipe and go on, you know, Amazon or Instagram or Facebook. Or the, and, and the text and the screen and the context is exactly the same for everything. Whereas this is sacred. So I think something different, something special, something set apart is also, I think, a good brain psychology in there. Anyway, they didn't have any Bibles. They were looking through cupboards in a Catholic monastery to try and find Bibles. Anyway, at lunchtime, I went for a walk around the grounds and there was this young lady and she was there just walking around. The rest were tucking in and she was there with her Bible outside and I could see she had a personal relationship with this Bible and with the God behind the Bible because she'd actually wrapped it in denim which was a bit hippie in a bit 70s, but that's what she'd done. She'd wrapped it in denim. And it was all a bit like my dad's, all sort of leaf through. And I said, well, I'm glad somebody has got their own Bible. She said, I love my Bible. I said, where are you from? She told me where she was from, and I said, oh, I know a church there. Actually, she said, that's the church. I said, you know, every morning lately, I've been listening to worship from that church, a worship it was a CD, it's a worship CD, and I said, um, I said, there were two songs on it that really get me, and I've got them on a loop, and I listen to them for half an hour every morning, I'm just worshipping with these two songs. She said, oh, thanks, she said, I wrote one, and I'm singing the other. <laughs> and I thought, well, it showed that the person with a real grace on their life, a person with a real sense of God's anointing, was the one who was living and working in and walking with God's word. Our health, a Christian's health is directly determined by their relationship with God, and a relationship with God is predicated upon his word to us. I will not neglect your word. And saints, I want to encourage you this year, don't neglect it. Open it up. If you don't know where to start, start at the beginning. Start at the beginning of the New Testament. Start at the Gospels. Just tuck in. Start reading. And before you do so, you don't have to read a lot. Just read 10 verses or something and say, God, will you speak to me today from this? And I tell you, he will. This is his word. And he loves it when people pay attention to it. And then secondly, it's a tragedy that people neglect it because God's word is so powerful. It's the TARDIS, as I've already said, which takes us into the things of God. It's the place where God meets with us. Nearly 500 times in the Bible, it says, thus says the Lord, or the Spirit said, or the, Lord, or the Spirit spoke. This is where God speaks. And God's words are powerful. It's through God's speech that the world came into being. It's through the word of God that very creation is sustained. And this is his word, spoken, remembered, recorded, written down, and where we read it, we meet the God 
behind it. It's not about learning the propositions and the principles, although we do that. It's about an encounter with the God behind it. Psalm 119 actually says, your word, verse, I think 108, your word stands the heavens. It's your word that upholds the very universe. Jesus once rebuked the Pharisees. He said, look, you are in error because you know not the scriptures nor the power of God thereof. You've gone all wrong. You've got it all wrong. Your life isn't quite what it, it isn't what it should be, it isn't what it could be, because you don't know Scripture or God's power. I listened this Christmas to the wonderful actor David Suchet, uh, who plays Poirot and other th things, and he was celebrating Jesus. He gave this amazing testimony, and he was, as it were, all lit up by his relationship with Jesus. And I came across this line by him about how he became a Christian. He became a Christian in his midlife. And he explains how he says, from somewhere I got a desire to read the Bible again. That's the most important part of my conversion. I started with the Acts of the Apostles and moved to Paul's letters. And it was only then that I came to the Gospels. And in the New Testament, I discovered the way that life should be lived. His life food for the journey. This is a word that blesses us. The psalmist says, blessed are those who walk according to your statues. It's the word that brings freedom, as that testimony said in that old Bible. I will walk in freedom, for I've sought out your precepts. It brings education. I have more insight, says the psalmist, than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. It brings peace, and we need peace. Great peace have those who love thy law. Nothing will make them stumble. It's a word that overcomes sin. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. How can a young person keep his way pure and a not-so-young person? <laughs> By living according to thy law. But you can't live it if you don't know it. It's power. It's not just about God, it's where we meet God. And because it's so powerful, because it's so true, dark powers have always opposed it. They've always sought to burn it or ban it or bury it, whether it's the communists or the Roman Empire, the Islamists, the Nazis, whatever. They oppose the, this word because it's truth and it has power. The first thing that God ever did was to speak. First thing he did with Adam and Eve was to speak a blessing over them and give them instruction for their life. And then the first thing that the devil does is speak. God gives his word and then the devil comes along and undermines God's word. Did God say? And then he says, God did not say. And we live at a time when often we're listening to God did not say. Well, he did. We need to read it and we need to heed it. And I need to finish. I've got uh, an Armenian friend whose uncle and aunt used to smuggle Farsi Bibles into Iran. One day they were on a trip out there and they've got their load of Bibles in the boot of the car and they come to a shop and they stop to get some water. And there's this chap, a kind of Mujahideen warrior, stood there with a, you know, AK-47 and a pistol and 
he's just stood by this shot like this, a warrior. And the wife is moved, and she has a sense that God wants this man to receive a Bible. So she says to her husband, get one of the Bibles out of the boot and go and give it to that bloke there. And he says, oh, thanks. And then he goes, he buys the water, he comes back out, he ignores the bloke, he gets in the car and they drive up. She said, what are you doing? He said, nothing, darling, it's everything's all right. He said, leave it with me. And she says, God has spoken. And you've got to give that man a Bible. And she kept going on at him. He's driving up down this road. Finally, he sort of, you know, handbrake turns, spins around, goes back. Says, all right then, darling, I'll see you in heaven if you get there. And um, gets out of the car, opens the boot of the car, out, gets out a Bible and walks up to this warrior. Says, hi. <clears throat> or something like that. And then he said, this is for you. It's a holy Bible. And he turned around and he heard a thud. And for a moment he thought it was him hitting the floor. But it wasn't. It was this warrior this Muslim warrior on the floor, on his knees, holding this treasure, tears pouring down his eyes. And he said, three days ago, I had a dream. And in this dream, a voice told me that I was to come and wait here. And if I did, I would receive the words of life. And I've been waiting for three days. I don't know why the Lord didn't just tell him the night before, but I've been waiting for three days for this. This is the word of life. It's the word that gives life. It's the word where God meets us to walk with us through our life. And saints, in 2022, I want to encourage you, get the book out. If yours is a bit dusty, don't worry. There's a lot of that around. Wipe the dust off. Turn to the New Testament, turn to the Gospels, and tuck in. Because God wants to journey with you through this year. We don't know what the year holds. But if our life is founded and grounded on this, whatever difficulties might come, it'll be a great year, and a blessed year, and a year spent with God. Amen?